Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm Teresa Wiedrich from CapturingTheCharmLife.com. If you are a homeschool mama challenged by doubt, not sure you can do this homeschool thing. If you're a homeschool mama challenged by overwhelm, there are just too many things to do. Or if you are a homeschool mama unsure that the way you're showing up in your homeschool isn't the way you want to be showing up in your homeschool, then this is the podcast for you. I'm here to encourage you in your homeschool journey to help you strategize ways to turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. So welcome, homeschool mama. We homeschool mamas undoubtedly doubt about our homeschool choice at some point in our homeschool journey. What could we doubt about? Well, clearly... This is an answer for those that are just homeschool curious, because if you're a homeschool mom, you know what you doubt about. You might doubt that you could tackle a particular subject or topic, like teaching your child to read, or understanding the basics of essay structure, or remembering what line graphs are. Maybe you doubt about your ability to be consistent doing educational activities, or that your kids will want to do anything beyond spending time on their screens. Do you doubt that you'll know what to do when they say that they're bored? How about creating an effective homeschool routine that you'll actually follow through with? Do you doubt whether you can enable a home education when you have a child with a learning challenge? Or doubt because schooled people that you know are pretty confident that the way they're doing it is better? Maybe you doubt because you know you probably don't have the patience or emotional capacity to be with your homeschooled kids all the time. So many reasons to doubt. And doubt is just one of the homeschool mama's big emotions. Today we're going to talk about the second tool in our homeschool mama's toolbox for big emotions. Well, there are more big emotions than just doubt. Literally any human experience or human feeling that anyone could have, well, we could have it in a homeschool context. So what is the second tool in our homeschool mama's toolbox for big emotions? Well, I'm going to share with you about that in a moment. But first, I want you to know that you're invited to our book club, the Homeschool Mama Book Club that meets once a month virtually. The last two book clubs, we've been discussing Julie Bogart's book, Raising Critical Thinkers, an incredibly jam-packed, idea-filled book ripe for the ages. And if you want to get a chance to meet Julie, join us on April 15th. That's a Friday, April 15th. We're going to be meeting with her virtually and chatting about her book, an opportunity you might not always get. You're also invited to our second Patreon coffee chat. I'd be delighted to get to know you and your homeschooled kids better and learn how I can support you. You're also invited to the D-School Your Homeschool class, which happens on March 31st. Join the D-School Your Homeschool intensive 
In this D-School Your Homeschool class, we're going to find practical solutions for you and your specific homeschooled kids. But there's a little bit of homework, homework for the homeschool mom, I just love that. There's a little bit of homework for you before we begin that class. So if you're interested in that class, make sure you message me or email me or just jump on my website, capturingthecharmlife.com and let me know that you're interested. Recently, I heard from Sophia. She says, hi, Teresa, I'm a fan. I ordered your book and am reading slowly because it's so good and really speaking to me as a very imperfect mom of four doing her best. I just wanted to share that I love your content and I don't have too much time, but when I do, I enjoy your work and what you're putting out. Thanks for all you do and I hope you continue. Aw, thank you, Sophia. I so appreciate hearing that. And isn't that all of us, a very imperfect mom doing her best? It's so lovely to hear feedback about the book that I have available on Amazon, Homeschool Mama Self-Care, Nurturing the Nurturer. And if you're Canadian, you can also find it at Homeschool Canada. Today's episode is sponsored by the Homeschool Mama Retreat. In the first of four weeks of this Homeschool Mama Retreat, we are going to help you release your unhelpful homeschool mindset. Because how you think about an education affects your homeschool happiness and confidence. We're going to talk about what you value in an education and get you practically thinking about it. Being able to put it down on paper so that you can see if you're actually following through with what your approach to an education is. We're going to address that big old question about gaps and if children can fall behind, what they can fall behind. What does falling behind even mean? We're going to talk about being a certified teacher or if you need to be, or if you can be a learning consultant or a facilitator, or if there's a difference between mother and teacher. We're going to talk about how you can individualize your specific child's learning how you can get all the things done, what you need to learn to live a happy, confident homeschool life. We're going to release your unhelpful homeschool mindset in the first week of the Homeschool Mama Retreat. And if you want to take a free mini retreat, a free mini retreat is available on my website as well. Hey, if you'd like to connect with me, introduce yourself and your homeschool family, I'd love to hear from you. You can go over to my website, check out the episode show notes, share a voice message on the SpeakPipe app if you're brave, and I'd be delighted to share it on this podcast, or also add a comment in any of the posts. I'd love to hear from you. This is what has been happening in my homeschool. Is there ever a time where you catch yourself saying something that you're like, did I just say that? This week, I caught myself saying something that I Never, and I mean, I never thought I would say in my entire lifetime. Who would have expected to say, I'm going outside to bubble wrap a hay bale? Yeah, I did. For years, I kept notebooks. I still do. I just don't add to them as often. But I keep notebooks of each of my kids. And I kept a notebook with a pen on the kitchen counter to catch all those funny things that kids would say. Of course, this is a funny thing that I was saying and I'm telling you instead. If you want to learn more about my homestead experience, you should join me over on that Patreon coffee chat on Friday. This is spring break in my part of the world and between you and me, 
it never has meant really much to me. The only reason I even knew it was happening is because I have a public high school child in grade 11 this year. Otherwise, I didn't even know spring break was happening. Well, I got away, a time to get away, just me across the country and get perspective in my homeschool life, in my life in general. And wow, was I able to get perspective. It's powerful if you're going to the grocery store or if you get a trip away, whatever you're doing, getting a little time away is a refresher. It helps us to think about our lives differently and really see it differently. And I came back with a whole bunch of inspirations, but one of them was to learn how to play chess. Yes, I said that publicly. I have already begun. Don't understand exactly what this guy said on YouTube. I will probably have to watch it a few more times. My son, ever so graciously, allowed me to play as I play with no directions, yay. And I just played and he enjoyed it. And the whole intention behind me playing chess is not because, as you know, I want to learn chess, but because I want to build memories with my son. And when I'm away across the country, I'm hanging out with one of my girls and I'm aware that two of my girls, all grown up, doing their own thing. And it turns out you don't get to have them indefinitely. So I'm going to build those memories while I can. I got to do something just for me during this trip. I got to go to an art gallery. I love art galleries. I also got to go to a Van Gogh art exhibition. It's an immersive art experience, bringing Vincent van Gogh's artwork to life. It has an incredible soundtrack, and you get to actually experience his brushstrokes and colors like you've never been able to see before. I got to see some of the masterpieces like the Potato Eaters and Starry Night and, of course, Sunflowers, uh, The Bedroom, and a whole bunch more. And it was an incredible time. Food for this homeschool mama's heart. As a first year ballet student in a fine arts degree, my daughter was thrilled to attend a ballet with me, specifically Sleeping Beauty. The week before we attended the ballet, I read there were four kinds of audience members in a ballet. The first are the sleepers. The second are the experiencers, the ones that wanna get dressed up and enjoy the ambiance. The third are the mildly aware, they watched a little bit of Sleeping Beauty. They might have read a little bit of the plot. That would be me, by the way. My son and I spent some time the week before doing just that. And then there is the devoted. They know the acts. They know the plot. They know the variations within the acts. They follow the principal dancers online. Attended rehearsals. This would be my daughter. The only thing she didn't know about this ballet was that we probably should have pre-ordered beverages before the show because I finished a glass of Prosecco in less than two minutes flat. It was a super useful opportunity to truly get away. So that's what's been happening in my homeschool. So let's get this episode started. Want to know what I think is the most challenging aspect of homeschool? You guessed it because I've already told you that addressing my big emotions has always been the most challenging thing for me in order to homeschool. Are you familiar with Viktor Frankl? He was the author of Man's Search for Meaning, 
a psychologist, and a Holocaust survivor. He said this, Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. So today we're going to talk about just that. We're going to talk about the space between stimulus and response. Practicing pause for our homeschool days so we can address our homeschool mama big emotions. So what is the second tool in your homeschool mama's toolbox for big emotions? In part one of dealing with your homeschool mama's big emotions toolbox, we spoke about your body being the first tool in your homeschool mama toolbox for big emotions. This week, we're going to talk about your second tool, your thoughts. Your brain and your thoughts are significantly underrated tools, a tool that we have to regularly sharpen. But for many years, we might not even realize that it's there. You would think that we would know, but that's the thing. It is the knowing. And so because it is us, we have a hard time seeing it in the mirror, like we might be able to see our body. We can influence our thoughts. Our thoughts can be wildly unhelpful. We can think a thought, we can respond to that thought, we can react to that thought, and we can create a story around that thought that influences how we act, which influences how people respond to us, and then we act differently, then we respond in ways that we wish we hadn't responded because of the thought or the experience that we had from them, and it could keep going. You know the drill. We can influence our thoughts. And good thing, because our thoughts define our reality. But we don't have to have our reality be defined by our unhelpful thoughts. Hmm. Okay, if this notion is new to you, then I'm going to ask you to stop for a minute and sit with me for a moment. Will you sit with your feet on the ground, your back generally straight up? Will you breathe in for five beats? Hold it for five. Exhale for five. Okay. How are you feeling? Let's do it again. Let's inhale for five beats. Okay, let's do it again. But try not to think as you're breathing in for five beats, holding for five beats, and exhaling for five beats. Ready? No thoughts. Okay, let's do it. Okay, let's inhale for five beats. One, two, three, four, five. Hold two, three, four, five, exhale, two, three, four, five. Okay, did you do it? No, me neither. 
But when you do this often enough, you're going to realize that trying to not think is really difficult. You'll realize that there's a presence or an energy or an awareness that is there with you, even while you're trying not to think. Thoughts are kind of like clouds in the sky, though. They come. Even if you can capture those 15 beats without a thought, you had a sense that there was an awareness behind your thoughts, right? Thoughts are kind of like clouds on the blank pellet of the sky or the blank pellet of your awareness. They come, they go, now they're fluffy and summery. Now they're stormy and windblown. But the clouds in the sky, they're never the same. They always move, they always pass. But I have learned an approach that helps me to recognize that my thoughts are separate from me, to recognize that I can actually influence my thoughts and have a plan for the uncomfortable thoughts. First, incorporate a mindfulness practice. One of the first things that we can do in order to create some separation from our thoughts is to incorporate a mindfulness practice into our homeschool. I'll give you two ideas in how you can incorporate a mindfulness practice in your regular homeschool days. The first one is to set an alarm once a day into your device. So for me, I've got an alarm for 11 a.m. every single day. At 11 a.m. every single day, I hear that alarm and I tell myself to stop, to pay attention to what I'm feeling, and to breathe on purpose. Breathe, just as I'd shown you earlier. Breathe for five beats in. Hold for five. Exhale for five. Research says that if you do that 10 times on purpose, it will slow all of your physiological systems and you will feel more at ease. A useful practice, kind of like putting your foot on a car brake. So grab your device, put an alarm into your device once a day, where you know you're having an especially challenging time of the day. Might be arsenic hour right before dinner, might be 11 o'clock a.m. Monday morning, like it was for me for many homeschool years, but whatever time of the day that you know is the most challenging for you, put that into your device and practice. The second suggestion I would give to you is to incorporate a mindfulness practice during your morning time with your kids. So depending on how you do your homeschool routine, if you're having breakfast with the kids in the morning, you could do it right after breakfast. You could do it once a day, right before they're read aloud, or you could do it right before bedtime. Whatever it is, practice doing a mindfulness practice. Incorporate a mindfulness practice into your homeschool so by the mere act of doing this, you're still helping yourself, but you're also showing your kids how to do it. There is a reason you hear so much about mindfulness. It's because it works. Even if you're skeptical about this mindfulness thing, it'll still work. 
and you get the added bonus of being separate, or at least practicing being separate from your regularly experienced thoughts. The second thing I would share about how to deal with your thoughts is to use the questions that Dr. Amen, author of Change Your Brain, Change Your Life, introduced me to a few years ago. The first question is, what am I feeling? This is when you're having one of those intense moments, one of those big emotion moments in your homeschool. What are you feeling? Funny thing that you're able to identify, or at least you believe you can identify what your child is feeling, but you don't always know what you're feeling unless you have practice. So practice asking yourself, what am I feeling? And then the second question is, what is the thought behind my feeling? Because there are always thoughts, always some story, some narrative that we're telling ourselves in response to that feeling. And the last question is, what is the story behind my thought? That story influences how you respond and how you respond influences the person that you're responding to and they respond back to you and it just keeps going back and forth. Funny thing, that thought behind my feeling, it might be wrong. So this is a practice that you have to practice regularly if you want to get the most out of it. Your ultimate goal is to get to know yourself, self-awareness, and to practice being present. So how are you going to do it? So you're going to schedule that mindful moment in your device. And when that timer goes off once or twice a day, you're going to take a deep breath and ask yourself, how do you feel? What is the thought behind your feeling? What is the story you're telling yourself behind that thought? And do that repetitive breathing on purpose. And might I add, include a meditation practice in your day. Say what? Meditation practice and a mindfulness practice? Well, I'll ask you this. Wouldn't it be nice to be distant from your thoughts for just a few minutes a day? To just be. To just be more present. Well, this is the practical how-to of doing just that. On the show notes to this episode, I've shared a few meditations you can begin with. They're guided meditations. There's a guided meditation on controlling negative thoughts, a guided meditation for inner peace and calm, a guided mindful meditation on dealing with anger, and a guided meditation for dealing with suppressed emotions. Just as I think we're deeply affected by the things we hear others say toward us or about us, what we say about us, like what we're saying about us, is why I encourage you to recite a daily affirmation. And I have a page of Homeschool Mama Daily Affirmations that you can also access on the show notes page to this episode. And if you are asking yourself or you're wanting to ask me, when exactly do you think I have time to do this? You are aware that I'm a homeschool mom. Yes, I am, because so am I. And do I think that you can do this with pristine regularity? No, no, I do not. Just like I know that you might be bringing a baby to bed and you're not having a eight hour wonderful sleep that's going to refresh you for your next homeschool day, that there might even be times where you on purpose go to bed with something yummy, not so healthy, but something yummy and a Netflix or some streaming thing and enjoy that for a couple of hours past your bedtime because you just really need it. 
Yeah, I get it. And you go, girl. You do what you need to do. But I'm going to introduce you to a few things that I know have been incredibly powerful in how I manage my big emotions in my homeschool. So whatever you can do, include that. So let's stop for a moment from discussing these theoretical things and get to get into the practical homeschool experience. How do you respond when your child won't sit to do their studies? Your child knew their times table three weeks ago, but now magically can't recall them. Your kids are complaining about that party, that ancient Greek party you put together in your spare time, your spare time, and they even wanted to study Egypt. So you went out and bought all the things, the gauzy drapes at the secondhand store for their togas and grapevines to create head wreaths, and you bought some grapes and olives and maybe a fancy gold cord for their waists, and now they don't want to do it. What are the thoughts that you're thinking? Here's where we need to practice stopping and pausing, practicing that pause, like Viktor Frankl says, and decide, what am I feeling? What are the thoughts that I'm thinking? Am I feeling angry? Am I feeling unappreciated? Am I feeling that no one cares about me and doesn't want what I want? Am I feeling like no one values the work that I do? Am I feeling like my child is lazy and just doesn't want to do the work? Or is just unmotivated? What's the story behind that thought? Is it that my kid's just trying to make me mad? Or he always wants something but is never willing to help me out? No one thinks about what I need. No one values the effort I put into making homeschooling fun. I even asked them what they wanted. My child might grow up to live hand to mouth and not have what he needs if he doesn't figure this thing out. Or maybe my child isn't learning anything. Everyone's always asking why we homeschool and I can't honestly say it's for academics because obviously he's not learning anything. Do you hear the story? behind those thoughts. They're angry, frustrated, disappointed, certainly uncertain and afraid. What could be an alternate perspective? Maybe my kid is bored with their studies. Maybe it's time to change the studies. Maybe my child is understimulated by their studies. Maybe those worksheets are too simple for them. Maybe my child is overstimulated by too many activities. Maybe my child is not saying a statement about me at all. Maybe it's about him not feeling good himself. Maybe we need to reevaluate whether our kids actually need to value what we're doing as a homeschool mom at all. They're kids. If you look to your kids for validation, you will not consistently find it. Maybe on Mother's Day and your birthday. And you'll probably have hugs and kisses scattered here and there, but your children are not your source of validation. Or maybe you can't forecast the future for your child. 
It might be instinct to be concerned about our child's behavior now, but there are a lot of steps between him not wanting to add mixed fractions and him not wanting to be a functional adult. So why consider these alternate perspectives anyway? Oh, I don't know. Because if we're growing human beings, we can learn that we don't have everything understood and figured straight off. Remember before you had a child or a baby? How did you perceive parenting then? I was a registered nurse on the postpartum ward. I was in the perinatal float pool. I did all sorts of different kinds of, um, you know, around the birth and babies and children kind of nursing. And as a, an RN on the postpartum ward, I had my list of helpful answers. I had to teach people before they took their babies home a variety of different things. I had recipe cards filled with all the stuff that a new parent needed as they took home their baby. I still have them. And I giggle because my perspective after I was a parent and my perspective before I was a parent, I was very black and white as a non-parent. As a parent of three kids, when my postpartum nurse came into my room and said, did you see that poster on the wall that said you shouldn't sleep with your baby? My instinct was, uh, yeah, I can read and, uh, my baby's staying with me. Those were not the words I spoke to new parents when they had their kids in their bed with them. Before you homeschooled, did you think about an education differently and has your perspective on what an education is anyway? expanded over the course of your homeschool months or years? We consider alternative perspectives because new perspectives can shift and expand us. They help us to grow in understanding. This is also true with the challenges we face in our homeschool. If there is an alternate perspective, could we work to find it? Because it might benefit us, it definitely might benefit us, and it will also benefit our children too. So this is the second tool in your homeschool mama's big emotion toolbox, addressing your thoughts and trying to find alternative perspectives, alternative thoughts. And because I know that this is an incredible challenge for every human being to capture their thoughts to know thyself and to determine that we can choose how we think and engage what's going on around us. It's an encouraging book with a whole bunch of journaling questions that you can answer that help you become more self-aware going a whole lot deeper into this discussion. And you can find that on my website, www.capturingthecharmedlife.com. And not coincidentally, One of my very favorite quotes by Vincent van Gogh is this, and I want to share it with you as an encouragement because today's episode is addressing a concept that is rather challenging because it is so big and requires a lot of effort by us. But Vincent van Gogh says, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. So I encourage you to use this tool in your toolbox, your thoughts. I'm so glad that you are part of the Homeschool Mama self-care podcast community. I can't wait to get to know you more and your homeschooled kiddos. To build into this community, I have created a Patreon community. 
As a supporter, your contribution helps me access equipment, reach guests, and supports the time it takes to get into the creative work to build each of these episodes. Be a supporter and you receive access to my Patreon-only feed, access to extended guest interviews, discounts on group mentoring, intensives, and masterminds, all the archived Patreon episodes and content, a community of like-minded homeschool moms. You can also access monthly support chats and ask me anything days. I'm really looking forward to building into this community, building into you and getting to know you. If you're interested in joining the Homeschool Mama self-care Patreon community, you can check me out on patreon.com homeschool mama self-care. I'll see you there.